The Trials of Apollo, The Hidden Oracle, Chapter 9. A walk through the woods, voices driving me bonkers. I hate spaghetti. <laughs> I sighed with relief. This should be easy. Granted, I said the same. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Ava, Neve, how are we this week? All right. Um, it's warm outside. It is warm. It's quite warm. But I have it's almost like it's summer. I know. But I have a McDonald's sweet tea, so I can't complain. Slight. I'm pretty good. Um, allergies have been really tough lately. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. But uh, other than that... I guess that's like not the worst complaint to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, allergy bad, but otherwise good. I How are you, Peyton? That's real allergy bad. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> relate to that. Apparently, this week is supposed to get even worse. Um, the pollen levels today were high, but the pollen levels tomorrow will be extreme. extreme. So that's great. So very excited, looking forward to that for sure. <laughs> for sure, definitely. Other than that, doing doing chill. Had a good uh, smoothie bowl. Today. Yeah, they they made them with love today. <laughs> they really did. They were delicious. That's funny. I'm also drink. I'm drinking an Arizona iced peach tea. Uh-huh. So I'm also on the iced tea grind. Very iced tea day, I think. Mm. Dollar Tree, uh, the the Dollar Tree Arizona iced tea jugs. I guess because everything there's a dollar twenty five. Arizona made like specifically larger. They're delicious. Yeah, I had a great time last night with mine. No, they're killing it. Yeah, Killing it over there for sure. Fabulous. <laughs> All right, coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, coach. <laughs> welcome back to Return to Camp Half Blood. This week we'll be discussing the Hidden Oracle chapters nine through twelve through the theme of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Zooey, mama. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Damn, that yes. was a big boy. That I was. will leave it in because that was crazy. <laughs> that's like a yell. It was like a yip. That's you're like, yip! So no, sweet. that's kind of the blueprint for how I sneeze. Except all my sneezes are different. I never know how they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't have a super consistent sneeze, no. that's for sure. They're always different. <laughs> but they're we always... We are crazy. And no. we have known each other for so long. <laughs> but they're always kind of a yell. Yeah, for sure, loud yeah. sneezer. I got it from my mother. <laughs> I, I tend to sneeze like uh, three, three short sneezes. Like, I usually sneeze twice. Two, I don't know what happened. Two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When real, I was little, real staccato. Yeah. No. Fun fact about me is when I was little, I used to want to sneeze three times every time. Oh. Okay. Which is Why? super weird. Don't know. I think a girl I had a crush on did, and I was like, I would like to be her. So that was before I knew like. What I yeah, that you were limp wrist. Precisely. I want to be just like her (laughs) every possible way, even that. Um, And that was not what that was. I think my sister fakes her sneeze. If she she's never gonna listen to this, so it's Wait, okay. But how so? Maeve only reads like historical fiction. Like she doesn't like like anything that oh, gets twins. too anything that gets too like fiction esque. She gets like uncomfortable, so she'll never listen to this podcast or read Percy Jackson. But she has literally the most like like perfect like baby sounding sneeze. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, girl, you're faking that. And she's like, why would I put all the effort into fake a sneeze? And I'm like, I don't think you're doing it right now. But I think when you were like seven, like you were like, oh, I don't like how this sounds. And you worked to change your sneeze. And now that's just how you habitually do it. Mm -hmm. Um, She gets really angry at that accusation. (laughs) But I just really feel like she changed it. Neve has a very quiet sneeze. Because you suppressed it when you were young. That's why I know it's possible. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I think it was like one day in class, like Dennis or someone was like, you sneeze so loud. And I was like, well, thank you for the note, Dennis. I will never do that again. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> really name, name dropped Dennis here. I don't really remember who it was. Dennis was just a kid I did go to school with. So oh. sorry, Dennis, if it wasn't you. Damn. I just used like generic boy I went to school with name. Not doxing Dennis. What was his last name and where does he live? No. <laughs> and one of the fun three digits on the back of his credit card. Please. No. I don't know, but I, I think, I just felt like it might have been him, but it could have been any of the other guys I went to school with. It was a boy, and that's why it had effect on me. For sure so. a boy. No, that's a boy <laughs> thing for boy. sure. Misogyny as fuck. It was a boy, and that's why I changed it. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to have louder sneezes. No. Real victim of the patriarchy. For My real. sneeze. Your for sneeze. Sure. sneeze. Bring her back. Oh. Oh. Oh, there's a siren outside. There's a siren. I don't know if you can't hear. That's... that's I hope they're okay. I yeah. hope. And with that, it's my turn to summarize. Yes, so who would like to, to time timer me? One second. And he loves to time you. I am actually very worried about this one because there's a lot that happened in these four Sweet. chapters. We were saying it, it was a lot. So many lot random of, things. A lot of exposition. Not yeah. a lot of action. But and time to tell us about it. Go. All right. So they're in the woods. Peach Baby disappears. Yeah. Apollo passes out. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, hippie lady. And weird voices, and there's a guy in the back of a bus. Yep. And then he wakes up, and it's his son. It's Will. Yay! Yay. Um, they're in the Apollo cabin. He meets two more kids. And then uh, Will takes him to meet Chiron, and there's Nico. And they're a little gay. And yeah. then Chiron is like, everyone's disappearing. We can't contact anyone. And there's no prophecies. And he's like, you may have to find an oracle that might be hidden. Um, and we get the premise of the book. We don't know where Rachel is. Um, and then they have dinner. They have, di- and not, not much happens at the dinner, but Nico and Will are kind of cute. They have and a that's moment. Your yeah. Damn, that was good. That was great. I think that was everything. I think so too. That was <laughs> very good. Yeah. Nico will hard launch. Nico will hard, hard launch. launch. They so said the word sweet. boyfriend because Rick knows that, you know. We have some like mentions of Apollo's past loves. Oh, I did. I love the moment where where Apollo was like, "I bet, I bet you're wondering uh, if I care that that Will Will has a boyfriend." In fact, I've had eleven boys. Like, it's like I'm actually very gay myself (laughs) as well. (laughs) So that was my sass moment where he goes. He was like, "I've had a total of." 32 uh, girlfriends and I believe 11 boyfriends and my two most famed lovers are Daphne and Hyacinthus and I was yeah. like go off and then he's like but I'm not in love with anyone ever that's so embarrassing yeah. which also felt he was like and I, I cannot believe I told you that I was like this is so funny I love it I'm here for this he's um, so my dad what songs do we bring Oh, okay. Well, I went Will and Nico with this one, and I, chose, I also did. Okay, I chose Daylight by Taylor Swift. Aww, I know. So precious. They're so precious. I, um, in the same vein, cho- choose chose 
uh, You Stupid Bitch by Girl in Red. Um, just because I I felt like that is kind of how like Will and Nico like talk to each other in a little way. It's so cute. It's like, um, I love you, you stupid bitch. Stupid yeah. yeah. Mine is uh, called The View Between Villages. Um, it's by Noah Khan. It's a very, very oh, pretty I song. Um, I that I, <laughs> that could also have applied to Jason's entire arc in the last book, oh. but I didn't care. I was like, Jason doesn't get it. No, <laughs> um, that's so now I'm using it, uh, for this one. Yeah. It's a very cool song about like feeling split in two different places. Mm. And yeah. Slay. Yeah. Big slay. What were our favorite moments? Hard launch! Both hard launches. I loved. They were good. They were great, yeah. Um, not... We got an explanation as to where the others are. Yes. And not only do we not see Piper, but she's with Jason somewhere else. Yeah. Devastating. Well, that's the thing, is, like, I want Piper to be happy so badly, but I'm also, like, why does it have to be with him? I feel like she'd be a lot happier with Reyna. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Or that. anyone else. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... I don't care who else. Miss them. Okay. Um, and we also got confirmation that Leo... That Nico knows Leo's alive. Oh my god, But yeah. they just don't know where he is. He was so mad at him. That was so it's funny. Part of my he was like, that's very funny. Oh, I won't say it. Um, my... Besides finding out Nico was alive, um, I also... want to talk about another moment of Nico and Will and it's kind of a sass moment but it's not like the most funny I just really loved it Uh, I'm trying to find it because I would like to read exactly like what they said oh okay here it is um Nico I said at last shouldn't you be sitting at the Hades table he shrugged technically yes but if I sit alone at my table strange things happen Cracks open in the floor, zombies crawl out and start roaming around. <laughs> it's a mood disorder, I can't control it, that's what I told Chiron. And is it true, I asked? Nico smiled thinly. I have a note from my doctor. We'll raise his hand. I'm his doctor. <laughs> so cute! So sweet! <laughs> and then go, like, keeps going on, but I loved it. It's so, so funny. So sweet. It's, like, also nice to see... Like, six months is a long relationship, especially for high schoolers. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, I'm glad we didn't have to, like, watch the beginning of it. The beginning of relationships in books is not really interesting. Yeah. Also, like, because we sort of got enough of, like, all that we would have gotten from the beginning of it was just, like, what happened in the last book. Yeah. And, like, we're good. Yeah. It just would have been, like, months more of that. Yeah. It's, like, I like, I like the, I like the meeting and, like, the crush. That's interesting. And then, like, being actively in a relationship. But the, like, work to get it there, that's just, like, that's that's fun for you to do. Like, that's fun thing to do when you're dating someone. (laughs) It's not really fun to read about. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet, though. They're so adorable. So precious. They're so precious. Yeah. Also, <laughs> this isn't this isn't a sass moment either, but it was just one of my like one of the moments that I was like, oh my god, uh, Nico seeing Apollo and being like, ooh, you're mortal. You have a vibe of death. <laughs> that was, like, that was funny. Wow, what a read. No, I liked that too. to this person who will not take it well <laughs> at all. Will take it so poorly. And it's funny because Apollo can dish it out, but he can't take it. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, later on, I think in that same section, he was like, 
when he was asking about where the other demigods were, he was like, well, I was going to say the A-list, but then I realized I probably shouldn't know so. <laughs> it's like, it's so funny. that's why I'm really loving the Apollo narration, because it's, so it's, it's so funny. It's so quippy. Yeah. It's great. It's so quippy. Any other favorite moments, or should we take a break? Oh, I have one more. Um, when he said that he invented mansplaining. That yes, was that was good. Excellent. But that's, that's my last moment. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back to talk about the theme of mentorship. All right, where are we seeing mentorship? Apollo has this really funky reckoning with, like, oh, man, parents should maybe put in more effort than they, yeah. they feel they take. Uh-oh, like, at the very end of these chapters, which I find interesting. Yeah, that I was really interested in that. That he was like, "I'm their dad, but also, I'm a kid, and therefore, like, I don't really feel like the person who's their dad, and they're like, they're taking care of me." Which just, I feel like, had an interesting thing to say about like aging in the way of like yeah. your parents take care of you, and then as they you grow older, you have to start taking care of them a little bit. Mm. Which is inter- which is not exactly what's happening here, obviously, because he's, like, a kid. But, like, that idea of, like, life kind of has an arc. Uh, like, toward the end of life, you start needing more, as, as much care as you did at the beginning of life. I think about that all the time. You do? Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Another really uh, mortality-focused uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. thing. But, I, and I think it was interesting the way he was, like, I really wish I could be the answers like for Chiron for his kids it was like this is the person I'm supposed to be but I'm not it was just a really interesting thing about leadership too of being in a position where you're supposed to have all the answers but you don't always have all the answers so sometimes you need just as much help from the people who are like quote unquote like looking up to you yeah yeah which I love because like one of, like, the people that I consider, like, a mentor of mine, like, always uses the phrase, like, in in response to, like, the classes and stuff that she teaches, like, I want my space to always be a mutually beneficial relationship. And I feel like that's what he, that's what Apollo is kind of learning is necessary for his relationship with his kids, mm-hmm. is to kind of, like, give into that, because at the moment, it's certainly not mutual. Yeah, it's he's learning to accept help. Yeah, yeah. When he's used to being the or, like the oracle, he's used to literally having all the answers and knowing what the future's going to be. Right. Yeah. Also, his relationship like with Chiron in this, and like the like the, him describing how he realized how Chiron was like having this realization in the moment. That Apollo was not bringing the answers, and Apollo was having the realization that Chiron was not going to give him answers. You know, like, they both thought that it the, was going to... Be the other one who helped them. Yeah, and, like, they both kind of had reason to think that. Uh, well, obviously, Apollo was a god. Yeah. <laughs> like, Chiron's also been around for a while, and is seen as, like, the mentorship person in the camp. So then Apollo put in this position where he's, like, kind of one of the campers, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like was like, well, like, I don't like the answer. And then, you know, obviously vice versa. Yeah. And, like, part of that, too, is 
I think a lot about how I've learned, I learned in college, weird to say that in past tense now, Mm -hmm. but like in college I learned that just because people are older than you doesn't mean they have the answers or just because they're a teacher or adult figure that they know better than you. Mm -hmm. Like I actually learned very actively that some of the most incompetent, stupid, and mean people are, like, the adults who are supposed to be helping us. Like, obviously, it's college is an adjustment period where you're, like, learning how to be an adult, so therefore you are also an an adult, but then that tension with, like, professors, especially, like, I found this in the theater department, that they pretend to be people with all the answers. The collegiate structure is meant for you to think they have all the answers, but they really don't. I actually had a conversation with a professor today where this came up, um, cause we were talking about like what, um, students feel like we need like from professors and faculty, but like the professors and faculty might not know that we feel we need. And I literally said, I was like, we don't care if you have the answers. We just care that you are honest with us in telling us that you don't. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, see, I'm going to think about that. <laughs> no, it's just so real of like, these are people you turn to for help. Yeah. And it's okay if they can't provide help. Right. But what I found is that when you're in that mentor position it's a lot easier to misguide someone than to admit that you can't help them. Yes. And I've seen that done a lot. I've seen a lot of adults mislead younger adults. Yeah. um, Because they just don't really have an answer. No, I agree. And that is something I really saw in like the higher education. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because like I used to think that that existed because I was like, we're studying something so subjective and like that's constantly changing that like the, the, not just like the standards and like the norms, but like, like everything about it is, especially with the pandemic is always changing. And I was like, maybe that's why, but like my, my sister's getting all kinds of shout outs in this episode, I guess. But like my sister is going for like a very STEM centered degree. And even she still like has been talking about similar issues within like her school which is so interesting to see it's like even in something so concrete where like everyone like the professor should always have the answers and like that you would think it's a lot easier in a stem field like even then they still like yeah won't admit that they don't really know what's going on and like will actively misguide people yeah even in something like that which is so interesting to see because i always thought it was just a like a a product of like the, the, yeah, like yeah. and then more humanities focusing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my brothers are, are engineering and computer science, and they've experienced the same thing as well. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I mean, part of that too is like even in empirical fields, you still have people that you're dealing with, right? Yeah, and like, that's the thing. so I actually think in some ways, based on like talking to my brothers about stuff like this, it's even harder to deal with these problems because. It's less about talking and like, at least in like humanities fields, especially <laughs> theater, it's all talking about things. We're all used yeah. to talking. And whether people are listening, that is a whole different question. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Um, but at least the conversations I think are being had more. Whereas in 
more like STEM fields, no one's even talking about it. They're just yeah. dealing with it. Yeah. It's interesting because... I don't know. I, I like, I was talking to this professor today and he was like, it's so wild because like when I was a student, that is not at all how my peers and I thought about things. And I was like, that's odd how like what you wanted out of an institution almost like has changed lately. But he was like, yeah, it's, it's wild to hear you say that because like when I was in college, I would have rather just heard an answer, but now like I, I see what you mean. I was like, yeah, like the thing with being a student and, like, looking to someone for a mentorship, it's like, I need to know if you can help me. If you can't, that's fine. But at least you've told me that so we can figure out where to go together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I think something that, that has shifted recently is a hierarchical perspective has changed a lot. And we also said that. And we're a lot less... A lot less like, oh, the people at the top are there because they know everything. Yeah. No, that's not true. They just... Yeah happen to end up there through a variety of circumstances that doesn't mean they know any more than us. Like maybe like a professor has gone to more school, but it doesn't mean they have a better or like more valuable perspective on things. Right. And like, even like translating to the world of like business, like you start to see that being challenged to you. Like CEOs are people who went to business school and then lucked their way into that position. They're not innately management is not innately more deserving of money than, than yeah, the workers. Right. And literally like thinking a lot about this with the writer strike. Um, yeah. Which I'm guessing is probably still going to go on when, the, when this episode, yeah. I would be episode so drops. surprised. Um, I expect it to last a couple of months. It yeah. seems. Yeah. Um, but like looking at like CEOs are making millions, if not billions of dollars and yeah. Yeah. workers are making, less than eight dollars an hour in some places yeah the writer's strike is so interesting like the misunderstandings of it in the sense of like so many people think it's like spoiled hollywood execs asking for more money than they're already getting and it's like no no. they're fighting against the spoiled hollywood execs like i don't know why you think it's so interesting. Yeah, could talk about that for another hour. People, yeah, to this people, book. some yeah. people aren't don't pay enough attention to entertainment and are like, why are the writer are kind of mad at like writers were striking for yeah. halting? Because like the problem isn't that you don't go on strike because you're not getting what you want. I mean that's yeah. true, but it's they're not being given what they're deserved. Yeah, and it's like needed to sustain a life. Yeah, it's like a union goes on strike because the company or like the studio in this case is not giving the union what they need not because the union doesn't want to work like it's very weird but (laughs) back to the like hierarchy of mentorship i think mutual mentorship is like more the direction we're headed like you're saying that we're creating spaces especially in theater like deconstructing the like Mm -hmm. theater has been perceived as very hierarchical um but it's really just collaborative. Um, yeah. Very weird. True. Uh, shifting gears a little, um, our favorite <laughs> mentor to uh, bash on is in in these chapters. Um, I, I, I was like, it was nice to see Chiron. I was enjoying him. I do have to say, do we think Chiron is handling this disappearance issue? Where are about? the kids? Where are the kids, Chiron? He is not freaking out about this at all. Where like, are the kids? He There's like four of them. I know. 
one kid missing is yeah. worth a like and I understand there's no communication. Go out there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he was like the first one I was like, maybe he just ran away. Okay. Still weird. Yeah. And what there's like 20, 20 kids in the camp currently? Alright, put them all on a bus and go drive up to Olympus. I, like, <laughs> I, you just have to be able to be more proactive than this. I and don't he believe. Was like, yeah, he was like, I too. know that this doesn't seem as serious as like the awakening of like the of Kronos and like our past events, but I was like, it's pretty serious. Where are the children? Yeah. It's like these kids are literally disappearing and you're doing what? Yeah. Nothing. I mean, like, we've talked about this before, how Chiron, like, really embodies the problems with, like, a higher ed and, like, teaching as mentorship. Yeah. Of, like, Chiron doesn't really know what he's doing. No. Chiron has a very low success rate, actually. Girl. Chiron does have a low success rate. I... But even then, that's... I think that's kind of the reason why I have blamed more of, like... The institution, as in, like, Olympus more than Chiron himself. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's a mouthpiece for the... Right. So it's like, I I see that he's put in a lot of, like, difficult positions. Still not an excuse for not communicating with anyone, though. <laughs> That's the thing. If there's something I've learned about Chiron through college, it's that authority figures who don't communicate really grind my gears. Yeah, and it's, like, I I have just as much of a problem with, like, the person who speaks to the proletariat mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for yeah. management as I do with management because you're not understanding the value of that position. Mm-hmm. Like, Chiron ha- holds so much more power than he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. It's He has the... Capacity essentially to be like a union representative, yeah. and he he isn't. He doesn't use the access union he has. Representative for child soldier, soldiers. For child soldiers, which True. is like a whole other thing. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's being engaged with in the way it should be. No, I agree. Where are the kids? Where are the kids? All right, predictions. Yeah. Um. I still think we're going to get a Meg reveal pretty soon. It has to be soon. She bent trees. It has to be Gia. She bent trees. It has to be her. Because the the way that they were like about the car post. Yeah. And they they were like real stressed. And they were worried. worried. It's not Demeter. No one's not worried about Demeter. No. (laughs) Especially not Apollo. Apollo literally was like, oh, I think I know what that means. But I'm going to push it down because it's very concerning. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so it's guys. Yeah. So like, I think we know exactly what it is. Yes. Um, which just means her power's gonna expand like crazy, and for that I'm extremely excited. Like we're gonna see Meg at her most powerful. I think once she realizes who her mother is. I'm kind of also I'm, I'm kind of scared of her. I, I, something I can't predict, and it's something I'm excited to find out is why. And yeah, how. yeah, true. How is Real? that? Yeah, who did Guy reproduce with? What the? F- yeah, how is that? Maybe happening? it's like a an asexual thing. Yeah, like a, yeah. <laughs> just, I was thinking that. <laughs> Hey, you know, you don't know. Listen, I, I was probably like, oh, I want a kid. I'm just like, made a kid and was like, all right. Margaret. <laughs> yeah, she also had to have been named. Yeah, are you there, God? It's me. <laughs> Got a laugh out of our roommate walking by. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Sass moments? Yes. Okay. I found a new one, actually, because I, I pretty much said the other one. But the one that I found, it's a little lengthy, but it's worth it. Chiron settled into his wheelchair. He placed his rear legs into the false compartment of the seat, then backed up, magically compacting his equine hindquarters until he looked like a man sitting down. To complete the illusion, hinged front panels swung closed, giving him fake human legs. Normally, those legs were fitted with slacks and loafers to augment his professor disguise, but today it seemed that Chiron was going for a different look. That's new, I said. Chiron glanced down at his shapely female mannequin legs, dressed in fishnet stockings and red sequined high heels. He sighed heavily. I see the Hermes cabin have been watching Rocky Horror Picture Show again. I will have to have a chat with them. <laughs> it was just so random. Like, in the sense of, like, wh- It was. It was just, like, in the middle of this chapter. I was like, hey. Like, how is this moving <laughs> okay. forward the plot? I love it. Mine is... Meg tossed a half of her cookie at Seymour's head. I, th- I think it's your fault. Hey, look, he's awake. She said this as if the leopard had decided to wake up on his own rather than being beamed in the eye with a fig newton. <laughs> a good one. I'm going to use you <laughs> to find mine. Oh, actually, maybe I could just recite it from memory because I do kind of remember it. It was basically... It was when they were talking about Leo and... Nico was um, mentioning that he remembered that... You're going in the wrong direction of the book, girl. It was before this conversation. No, it's at dinner. I thought it was before this conversation. No, it's at dinner. Okay, well, then I'm an idiot. Okay, found it. Okay. Um, It was... um, Yeah, it was right as they're talking about where the the A-team is. Um, And... Uh, Apollo says, and the seventh hero, Leo Valdez. Nico raises eyebrows. Of course, you remember his name. Um, well, Leo was in here, he died, and then he came back to life. And if I see him again, I'll kill him. <laughs> I feel like that is the only relationship Nico can have with Leo. Yeah. <laughs> is a I'm on the brink of killing you because I care. I love relationship. It. So funny. Um, I also like the, the note that was really random that Coach Hedge and his family also went to Los Angeles with yeah. Jason and Piper. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Weird okay. group of friends, but okay. Go, okay. No, that was a weird one. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Who are our offerings for? Um, I don't really know. Oh, I have mine. I can go. Um, they name dropped Cassandra once and that was enough. He literally was like, oh, wow, you look like Cassandra during the Trojan War. You look, you're, you're concerned. And I was like, my girl's getting some representation. I literally was so happy. Um, So just one mention of Cassandra. Love her. She was done so dirty by everyone, actually. Um, I am going to give our first offering for um, Apollo himself because... I actually think, all things considered, handling this very well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do not is, believe that, like, Zeus would handle it this well. Oh my god. So, no, no, I have to no. give some some props. Like, not, he's not handling it well. I won't say that. Yeah, but, but it pretty well. Yeah, more it than is, expected. It is quite a fall. Mm. Um, I give my offering to Will. Because this must be weird. <laughs> He's, like, healing his own father who, like, can't do anything. And also, like, the Apollo kids bringing up the very real possibility of, like, 
what happens to their abilities if this god dies. Yeah. Which is real scary. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. It seems like it's pretty bad from what Chiron said. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, my vote off is for Chiron. <laughs> he has lost so far three kids. Where are the kids? I think mine is for Peach Baby just because it's still scary. Yeah. And it's hanging around. It's Why is it staying? I'm scared it will come back. <laughs> I think it will. It's probably going to like save the day in a funny way. And we're going to be like, oh, great. <laughs> Sorry we voted you off. Yeah. Scary creature. Yeah. Me? No, Chiron as well. Oh, oh. Where slay. are the kids? <laughs> Lit, you you lost a couple kids like that's all. A couple all, kids that, and you haven't the, said shit about it to anybody. That's the whole thing about summer that's camp is just like you gotta know where they are. <laughs> yeah, you don't gotta do what they're doing. Game, that's like that's the that's the biggest part of it. That is the thing. All right, yeah. that is all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters thirteen through sixteen. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. We also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Absolutely. No, for sure, definitely. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.